Hey, it's Clay. Welcome to another episode here of the Money with Clay podcast. And wow, we have, you just can't make this stuff up. Now, for those of you that are loyal listeners, back in episode 39, I talked about that episode called Unintended Termite Consequences. But I talked about in a nutshell, you know, to build wealth as a person, to build wealth as a company, to just really, not only money, but in, in, in life. To have success in this particular situation, you know, with money, there's two types of choices out there. There's long-term choices and there's near-term choices. And when people get way too focused on the near-term, the right now, the right now, they can really set themselves back in very silly and very nonsensical ways when you just stop and think about it. And then this past week, if you read the headlines, um, you know, this played out absolutely perfectly in a very, what I find to be sick and twisted type of way in a very hypocritical way. I I suppose to be fair, I don't know if it's hypocritical, but I'd be be maybe willing to make a little wager uh, on what I'm going to talk about here. But again, the idea of short term now what, what, what about now? What about now versus why don't you take a step back and look at the bigger picture? Also, to be fair, last week in episode 40, I kind of came down hard on, uh, you know, I'm going to be talking about politicians again because this is where, I, in my opinion, a lot of this just general thought comes from because then, of course, news organizations jump on it um, and that just kind of can influence the thought process of people which is why I'm such a big believer in you got to just kind of learn how to think for yourself. But this idea, or before I forget, like I said, last week, episode 40, I just railed into a Republican senator. Today, I'm going to be railing into some Democrats, a Democrat congresswoman. Maybe you know where I'm headed. The point of me bringing all this up is I don't care about the party. I care about the thought process. Let me say that one more time. I don't care about your political party. I care about your thought process, your view, because it's your thought process. It's your viewpoint on the world. It's your work ethic that's going to take you some, that's going to take you places. And so politics has nothing to do with it. So before I say, oh, you're just, no, like I said, episode 40, I railed into Marco Rubio, who is a Republican, but uh, I don't even know what to call her. What do they call her? AOC. What is her name? Oscar Cortez. Uh, but AOC, the Amazon thing in, in New York, if you're not familiar with it, long story short, Amazon has been on this, uh, I think it's well over a year, but a year long search for a second headquarters and they eventually settled on New York City. And then this past week, Amazon is like, you know what? No, thanks. We're, we're, we're going we're gonna to head out. We're not even going to bother. And this was because of certain pressures being applied by politicians, mainly by, now not only this Cortez AOC, uh, but that's what I'm gonna refer to her as AOC. She was like a former bartender, I guess. And yeah, like I said, I'm not gonna do any personal attacks. I'm just going to focus more so on the, the, the thought process. So this has nothing to do with her being a Democrat. It has to do with her thought process and just this whole idea that I've already talked about in terms of short-term versus long-term. But Amazon decided, you know what? I'm out of here. I'm, you know, we're not even going to bother with it. And then she comes along, 
And like I said, I realize this has been kind of in the news quite a bit, uh, but just to recap those, but maybe we're not familiar. Uh, she comes out and tweets after they, uh, so this was February 14th when uh, you know they announced it. So I realize this is a little bit of old news, but it's more of the thought process that I wanna focus on here. But she says, anything is possible. Today was the day a group of dedicated everyday, everyday New Yorkers and their neighbors defeated Amazon's corporate greed. It's worker exploitation and the power of the richest man in the world. Okay, first little comment, and this is what I said earlier, I don't have any data, so I don't, I don't know if this is hypocritical. But AOC, would you, would you be willing to send me your internet history? In fact, I don't need your internet history. Would you be willing to send me your shopping records? AOC, are you telling me you've never bought anything off Amazon? Is that what you're saying? Like you said, to be fair to AOC, maybe she's never bought anything off Amazon. But I don't know. I feel like since Amazon's kind of taken over the world, they uh, she's probably bought something from the richest man in the world from a company that's apparently exploiting their workers from uh, somebody that's just a greedy corporation. You've never bought from them, AOC? Because, I mean, here's a hint. If you have... That means you've given them their your money and you have given them, well, you've given them money. You've, in your world, let them become even richer, right? But how did Amazon get rich? How did Jeff Bezos, the Bezos, however you say his last name, how did he actually get rich? Well, maybe it was because he offered a service that people wanted. And I've talked about this before, but I don't know about you. I'm only gonna speak for myself. Amazon Prime is pretty awesome. I sit at home in my underwear. It could be 2 a.m. I could be just eating Cheetos. And I could, yeah, I, I'm going to buy that. And then two days later, it shows up at my door. How awesome is that? Not to mention, I could pretty much think about the most random thing ever. And I could go to Amazon, buy it, and it's going to be to me in like a few days. Not to mention, they have awesome customer service policies. So if I happen to not like it, or maybe I was in a cheetah coma uh, or Cheeto coma, you know, a Doritos coma when I made the, the purchase, I can send it back and I get my money back. Now that is kind of annoying I could see from the seller's perspective, but Amazon, it, maybe I'm being illogical, but maybe Amazon is super successful because they offer a good product and they offer a good service. I don't know. That that's just my thought. Maybe that's why. Maybe there maybe there's a reason why so many people willingly give their money to Amazon. I mean, if the vast majority of people thought Amazon was a, a, a greedy corporation and they exploited their workers and all of that, well, nobody's really putting their money where their mouth is because Amazon sells billions upon billions of dollars of stuff. So I mean, right there, the whole premise of well, because somebody has a lot of money, that makes them evil. Wait, what? How do, how do they get all that money again? By offering a great product and service. What's one of the parts of offering a great product and service? Oh yeah, by creating jobs. What do jobs do for people? Oh yeah, put money into their pocket. Not to mention the, the, the kind of punchline here that I haven't seen anywhere is a lot of the, some of these politicians are, let's get the minimum wage up to $15 an hour. I won't go down that rabbit hole, but 
do you know do you know a, a company out there that raised their their minimum wage their own personal minimum wage to fifteen dollars an hour? Oh yeah, Amazon did several months ago. The government government didn't make them do it. Amazon Amazon just did it. So I, AOC, I'm so confused. What are you talking about? Amazon exploits its workers, yet they have already raised up the minimum wage to what a lot of your fellow party, and I I could have sworn maybe she was in for the, the 15, but the point here being, why is that not being brought up, that this apparent greedy corporation has already raised their personal minimum wage within the company to $15 an hour, to which many people are arguing. So the hypocrisy here is just not quite adding up. And the thought, that sort of thought process, again, focus on the thought process, is not going to get you anywhere in life. If you look at somebody else's situation and say, they're exploiting people, they're just greedy, they're just using power, why don't you look at it and say, how can I get like that? How can I make more money? How can I be like that? Not sit there and persecute. Why can't you take that thought process of, okay, good for them, now let me reverse engineer. Let me figure out how did they get there? How do they view the world? What steps did they take? No, am I saying that your, your ambition is supposed to be so I can be the richest person in the world? No, but hey, if they can do it, why can't I? How come you don't think like that? How come people can't think like that? Why can't somebody? Why can't you look at somebody that is successful and say, hey, if they can do it, why can't I? I can do it. But this whole thought process, this whole mentality is totally the victim mentality. You're never going to get people to think about think like that when you approach problems like you do. And not to mention, pretty sure you shop with them anyways. So anyways, that is what went on. She celebrated. Oh, it's great. And then her rationale uh, was, let me see. Uh, let me find the quote here. I got a couple articles open. So the quote here is, uh, once again, from AOC. If we were willing to give away $3 billion for this deal, we could invest those $3 billion in our district ourselves if we wanted to. We could hire more teachers. We can fix our subways. We can put a lot of people to work for that money if we wanted to, she said. Now, again, I don't know how much you've been following the news, but uh, this whole, and I'm not going to get into did she, does she just not understand economics? Does she not understand how tax incentives work? Um, and you know, today as of the recording, the big news was she came out and saying, why is everybody, so I'm not gonna question her intelligence. And you know what, I'm gonna give her the benefit of the doubt. I'm gonna say that, hey, you know what? Uh, you just you, you just didn't like it because you, you didn't mean it in a literal mathematical sense because you understood that you know you, there is no $3 billion unless you have revenue to tax in the first place. But there is no revenue in the first place if you scare away the company, which you just did. But I'm gonna assume that you just meant more of this from like a philosophical point of view, right? She, yes, so again, I'm not sitting here saying she's an idiot. Well, her thought process of is, is idiotic, but I'm not gonna say that she didn't understand tax incentives. So I'll give her the benefit of the doubt because she came out today and saying, no, I understand economics. I understand how the numbers work. So I guess what she's just trying to say, but philosophically, why would we do that? Okay, long-term divorce versus short-term. Here we go. I will be the first to admit, short-term, it sounds wonderful. Hey, we can build some subways. We can create more jobs. No, that one does 
I mean, it sounds good, but we, you know, we can hire more teachers and all this stuff. That, that, that's true in the short term. So yes, in the short term, you would be able to do a lot of that stuff, but we need to look and understand, well, what would a little maybe short-term sacrifice in this situation? Let's just say, yeah, the $3 billion kind of goes poof. But what if the poof actually creates, uh, you know, more of looking at the poof in more of a big picture perspective? And uh, right here, this is uh, de Blasio, which is uh, New York's governor, and then or um, uh, the mayor, and then the Democratic governor Andrew Cuomo. Uh, um, so my point here is that these are Democrats saying this. So it's not like it's some sort of somebody from the other aisle because. If you're not aware, politicians, especially from opposite sides of the aisle, love to spin and twist words and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, so that would be kind of a faulty jump of logic as well, because somebody from the other aisle said something. No, this is coming from the exact same side of the aisle. So to give more, let's talk big picture here. Again, yeah, $3 billion short term. Yeah, you could do a lot of stuff with that, you know, if it existed. But remember, we're giving her the benefit of the doubt. She's just talking philosophically here. But according to other people from her own party, said the $2.8 billion in tax breaks and subsidiaries they were offering Amazon would result in $27 billion in tax revenue. So let me say that again. Now, this is over, I think it was a decade when I ran or when I, uh, if I remember right. But in the short run, if you just sacrifice, if you just maybe give up, if you know, and, and give up in the sense of, okay, we're not going to quite do it yet because in the, in the big picture, this is going to generate a whole lot more than $3 billion. But do, do you see the math there? I, I don't think this is very complicated, right? If they would have just given up the $3 billion over the time span of a decade, that would have generated $27 billion. So you give up $3 billion in the short run, the right now, to be really, really well off in the long run with $27 billion. Not to mention also in the, which is just, which is just, it's bad, it's bad. I'm sorry, I'm not, in, but her logic is bad. You could hire more people with that 3 billion. I mean, part of the, the whole gig with Amazon was not only the 27 billion in tax revenue, but 25,000 jobs. So not only did you scare away and force away $27 billion in future revenue, you also forced away 25,000 jobs. All because of your little philosophical thing about, well, in the right now, in the short term, we could be doing this, that, and the other. A, a little bit of discipline, a little bit of just big picture viewpoint can sure go a long way. And I realize there's other, well, what about this? What about that? That's just the markets. That That's how the markets work. I mean, you can't, Here's what you have. I mean, what she has done is just pretty much prevented the free market from being free. To, I, I say, I mean, I'll be honest, I maybe Grand Rapids, Michigan, I could have sworn, like, when they first started, I thought I saw them maybe on the list. And I, I, that would have been awesome. I would have been all for, hey, do whatever you got to do to get Amazon here because in the big picture perspective, that would be a really good boom for the economy. Oh, sure, that may cause real estate prices to go up a little bit, but, I mean... That helps everybody. Uh, real estate prices going up help every. Well, then some people aren't going to be able to afford it. What do you mean some people aren't going to be able to afford it? If the general population, if the general growth is going up, then everybody else can't afford it. Now, I do invest in real estate. 
and I don't say that to pat my head on the uh, on the back, but I you know I have a general idea of how this stuff works. I have a minor in economics. Um, not that that gives me uh, you know the be all end all, but I mean some of the other reasoning that she was giving is just it's so minor when you look at these numbers of not only twenty five thousand jobs, but twenty seven billion dollars in tax revenue over a, a decade. Once more, coming from people of her own party, but all this is now gone because of this philosophical thought process, this philosophical argument, well, we're, we're, we're sacrificing so much in the short run just to get these long run gains. Wait, what? You're sacrificing in the short run? And I get, well, what about the teachers? What about the, well, yeah, what about the teachers? If there is 27 billion in tax revenue, that is just more money that can be used for many other things to improve the schools, to improve, you know, I, I get it. Right now, you wanna, you, we could take that to improve the subway. You know, she says the subway's crumbling. Okay, what about this? Can you, I mean, the subway has been crumbling for like years upon years. Can you maybe just make it another two or three years? You know, maybe even five years. Because if so, there's a whole lot of tax revenue coming in from Amazon, a lot more than the $3 billion that you could have used that you can now use to build the, which I, I get it. You can have the beautiful subways right this very second. That is true. But can you give it three to five years? And then there's going to be all kinds of money. And the thing is, that money's going to continue on. Assuming Amazon stays in business and stays there, they're just going to be generating sales. And the more sales they generate, the more taxes they pay. And the more taxes they pay, the more revenue you get. And it's like a monster that feeds itself for you. But she scared away that, that, that monster that would have been continuing to generate revenue, revenue, revenue. So it's not like it's $27 billion and then poof, it's gone. But even if it was, still sacrificing 3 billion in the short run to gain 27 billion. You know, I, you don't have to be a mathematical genius to see that. So this whole thought process and when people with thought processes like this have relatively decent sized followings, it is scary. And there are real world consequences to this stuff when you're so focused on the short term and and you just yeah, don't I'm not, I'm not even going to worry about the the long term. I'm not even going to look at it. I'm not even going to consider it. There are real world consequences. And I'm, I'm not giving, as I move into this, this final part here, I'm not giving any of these people an excuse per se, but I, I will say I'll, I'll show them some compassion in the sense of I can at least understand where they're coming from with their thought process. Again, that doesn't make their thought process right. It doesn't give them a hall pass you know, for the thought process, but I, I can at least understand where they're coming from. Whereas if they just totally pulled this out of left field and like, where did you ever get an idea like that? Why would you ever think like that? At that point, okay, that, but that's not the case because you have politicians like this just, you know, conveying this, these, you know, last week it was more of a misconception. This week it's just a general thought process, which reiterates what I talked about in episode uh, 39 about, you know, sometimes if you think about the big picture, you can sacrifice in the in the here and now and, and, and do and set yourself up very nicely. Now, this article isn't quite new, but it's been sitting around and I figured, OK, great, I, I can factor this in. So it's from uh, November uh, of 2018. But, you know, the, the general premise here is still definitely worthwhile because it's only a few months. But baby boomers face more risks to their retirement than previous generations. So the article starts off by saying, many baby boomers are headed for an uncertain retirement. These generation members hold less wealth, are deeper in debt, and will face higher expenses 
than retirees a decade older than them, according to a new report by Stanford Center on Longevity. Now, higher prices, higher expenses. <laughs> Thanks, government. When all you do is pump money into the system, that's going to create inflation. So this is... And when the and which is again the ironic you know the irony of the government, all oh, these people have higher prices. Yeah, do you want to know where those higher prices came from? You, you the government, because when and I'm not going to turn this into an economic thing, but when you have the Fed and when you have money constantly being pumped into the system, well, yeah, that, that that's going to create inflation. That's going to create uh, higher prices for everybody. So here's something for the here and now for for me for you. Let's think about the big picture. The way the economy works, the way the government's working, this is not changing. Prices are only going up. I mean, I remember good old 25 cent chicken wings when you could get 20. Now 25 cent chicken wings, no, those don't exist. Why? Because, well, inflation. Prices are going up. So, hey, me, you, as a listener, especially when you're young, prices are only going to be going up. So think long term here. I hope you're saving. So going on with this article, nearly... One third of baby boomers had no money saved in retirement plans in 2014. They were on average 58 years old, according to the researchers. One third, so 33%. If you have three people standing there, one of those people has no money saved for retirement. And these are people that are at age 58. Among boomers with positive balances, the median savings was around $200,000. Experts have said said people may need a nest egg of more than $1 million to carry them through a 30-year retirement. So in other words, if the median was $200,000, that's looking pretty shaky. There are currently more than 70 million baby boomers, the generation defined by people born between 1946 and 1964. So as the article goes on to say, that many people could exit their workforce unprepared. That many people mean the 70 million, the researchers note, could have profound consequences for the well-being of these individuals and society. Boomers who run out of fund towards the end of life will either fall back on children, who by then will be in their 50s and 60s, so that's going to just put a drag on their finances, or the social safety network. So talk about Though all the entitlement programs just getting that much more weighed down. Baby boomers are less likely to face old age, not just with less money in savings, but with more expenses than prior generations too. The average out-of-pocket health care spending by people with Medicare was more than 40% of the average Social Security income in 2013, according to the Kaiser Family Foundation. Debt is yet another problem for baby boomers. On average, there are more than 110,000 in the red, a burden more than 50% higher than the amount carried by people born in the 1930s. Debt, 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 debt. One third of homeowners over the age of 65 were still paying off a mortgage in 2012 compared with less than a quarter of people in 1998. And the median amount they owed nearly doubled to 82000 from 44000 Meanwhile, the number of people aged 60 and older with student loan debt quadrupled between 2005 and 2015 to $2.8 million. Increased debt levers and expenses coupled with less savings 
will make it hard for baby boomers to leave work at age 65 and maintain their pre-retirement standard of living. And I want to focus on that, their standard of living. What are what what is your standard of living right now? Honest question. What is your standard of living right now? If your standard of living has it where you don't put any money aside for savings, you are thinking about the here and now. You're thinking about of, hey, what can I do right now to have fun? This is what is going to happen to you. Not might happen, not in theory will happen, is going to happen. And there's multiple reasons why. Things are only getting more expensive. Now, the obvious one is, well, if you don't save, of course, you're not gonna have anything. But it is only gonna get that much more difficult to save because prices are only going to rise higher and higher and higher because that's how inflation works. And when the government just pumps money into the system, as I've said, that's what's going to occur. So what is your standard of living right now? I'm telling you right now, if your standard of living, if your personal financial situation does not allow for you to put any money aside, then that is a problem. Now, here's the kicker, though. Does not allow. I'm sorry, but, well, Clay, I got Netflix to pay for. I got the new iPhone to pay for. Oh, I love HBO, and I love Game of Thrones, so, I mean, I got to pay for that. And have you ever tried a latte, bate, a little frate with the little, like, oh, at, at, you know, this coffee shop? I mean, it's, it's only like four bucks. Forget about the fact that the thing has like 900 calories in it, so I'm setting myself up for health problems later on that'll cost me even more. We won't even talk about that. But they're, they're so good, so I need to do that. Do you see where I'm going with this? You were thinking about the here. You were thinking about the now. And it will catch up for you. Once more, I'm not going to flat out call you a moron. I'm not going to call you an idiot because I understand why you may think that way. Because you have politicians out there, as I've talked about for you know the past couple of weeks, that are promoting these ridiculous thought processes that are not going to, well, I'll tell you where they're going to get you. They're going to get you to a place of needing to depend on somebody else. And some people, that's what they want. They want you to depend on them because if you depend on them, then guess what? They control you. I'm sorry, I would rather depend on myself because I want to well control myself. And now, for because there's always the rare situation. No, Clay, I literally, there, there, there's no money left. I, I, I don't want, I don't have, um, you know, I have a flip phone. I have, and you know, I'm, I'm just living bare bones. Well, in that situation, let me encourage you to go back through many of my other past podcast episodes. I've talked about plenty of, if, if you go and locate the skills or if you go and locate, so here's the way to go about it. What number is going to allow you to be able to set some money aside for, for retirement? What is that number? Only you're gonna know that, and you'll know that by looking at your budget. Well, Clay, I don't have a budget. Well, there you go, there's problem number one. You don't even have a strategy in place if you don't have a budget. But I'll assume that you do have a budget. So look at your budget. What number, how much do you have to make per month that's going to allow you to start to set money aside? We're, gonna let, we're reverse engineering the problem. Okay, now you have a number. What skill out there is going to pay you that number? Now, there's gonna be skills out there that pay you that number. Are you gonna necessarily wanna do that? No, might it require some hard work, some sweat? May you have to get your hands dirty a little bit? Yeah, maybe, but you know what? There you go. That's what's gonna allow you to set some money aside. And I'm not saying you have to stay and do that for the rest of your life, but it's at least gonna give you some breathing room. It's at least gonna 
let you start to save money, you know, set it aside because you're on a, a, an absolute head-on wreck with the freight train if you keep up going right now and you're not setting any money aside. So this is not, I guess it's kind of a, a dual. Yes, you wanna set money aside, but that's not really the main point. The main point is when all you're thinking about is the here and now from the big picture, when it becomes a big picture, aka you're ready for retirement, oh crap, I don't have anything. Or oh crap, I only have $200,000. 200,000 is good, but I mean for 30 years of retirement, that's not gonna last very long, especially if you wanna maintain a certain standard of living that you've, you've, you've grown used to. And I don't wanna see you have an oh crap moment. Oh crap, it's yeah, in the here and now, that was always fun to choose to spend my money on fill in the blank as opposed to just set some of it aside and save. But you reap what you sow. And politicians, wake up. You gotta tell... That's a terrible example, AOC. Well, in the short run, philosophically, we could do so much more. But what about the long run? You just gave up so much more in the long run. And from a practical point of view, to myself, to you, we are giving up so much more in the long run by just always focusing on the here and now, the here and now. Am I saying you cannot have any fun right now? I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying you gotta factor in the big picture, the long term in your decision-making process too, because you, this is, there's only, it's, it's math at the end of the day. And if you don't have anything, and then you don't have anything with the backdrop of ra- rising prices, and especially if you have debt, you, you're setting yourself up for a nasty situation. So stop thinking about the here and now and start thinking of the long run. Thank you so much for hanging out and listening Before I go, I wanna just make your attention to a few things. First off, if you enjoyed the show, then make sure to help us out in the iTunes, especially if you could leave us a rating. That goes a long way and just assists me in getting the word out there, and I genuinely would appreciate it. Second, if you find yourself either in debt or just feeling like your, your personal finances are kind of out of control or could be much more efficient, then I would encourage you to go to moneywithclay.com and check out the Slab Money Method. That is the course that I put together as a former process engineer that outlined every single step, step by step by step with documentation, with forms to fill out, that'll put you on the path, the exact path I used to pay off of debt and get myself to the point where not only am I debt free, but I am now able to build wealth and build wealth in an efficient uh, manner. So if you're curious and interested in that, again, moneywithclay.com and that is the slab money method. And no, this is not all some massive sales pitch when I say that it works, it truly does. And I back that up with more than words. My action behind those words is that course comes with a one year money back guarantee. So if you try it out and you're not making any progress, you're not seeing any progress, then I will refund you the cost of the course, which is very minimal to begin with. And then finally, make sure to check us out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, just look up for Money With Clay and you will see us there. Again, thanks for hanging out. I'll see you back next episode.